Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, good morning, Faith. We are just thrilled that you're with us. Uh, man, we can't stress enough. Just, it's a joy. It's not only Super Bowl Sunday, but we have something even more to be excited about, and that's what God's doing in our lives and doing here at our church. Um, and, and maybe you've came to church uh, with someone today. Uh, we just want to say welcome. Glad that you're with us. And uh, I want to kick off today's talk um, asking you this question. How many of you are grateful for those in your life? Come on now, like raise those hands now. Now let me ask you a second question. How many of your greatest problems have been because someone's in your life? Come on, like look down the row, give them a nudge and say, yeah, that was you. We're in this new series that we're going to be talking about for these next couple of weeks it's called Social Struggles. We're going to be talking about this man, three adversities that this man by the name of Joseph faced. He went through some ups and downs in life, but before you get to the redemption and restoration of his life, he had some encounters with people that, that really could have thrown big curveballs and sent him down a very dark path. And I want to uh, give you the, the big idea that we'll be talking about every week, and that is simply this, allow adversity with people to grow you personally with God. Allow adversity with people to grow you personally with God. A lot of times what can happen is I have an issue with someone to my right or someone to my left, someone on my level, and I get mad at God for it when really it should be something that's growing me closer to the Lord and leader of my life. David, in some of his darkest times, this great king from the Old Testament, in Psalms 55, uh, verse 16, when he was struggling with people, he says this, but I will call on God and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night, I will cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. And I think a lot of times what we have hinder our relationship with God are people in our lives. And so I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, as we go through this social struggles of life, that we're gonna be looking at three of them, and today, no matter how messed up, mixed up, troublesome your relationships might be, lean into God. Lean into God. And so today's adversity that we'll be looking at is simply this, the adversity of betrayal. The adversity of betrayal. Now, maybe you're going through a season of betrayal right now. Maybe you've experienced betrayal. Maybe you're expecting some betrayal in the future. The truth of it is, at one point or another, in the past, in the present, or the days to come, betrayal is something that we'll have to learn to navigate. I like to illustrate it this way with this little image to, to my right. You can, you can check it out here. It's like, hey, Larry, give me a hug, and that knife is going in the back. Anybody ever been there, right? Or, hey, here's one. This will actually, you have to put your thinking caps a little bit on with this one. It says, oh, Alexa. Okay, Alexis, she betrayed me. We lived together. I told her everything. She even sang to me. She told me the weather and the time. And yet that stupid 
stupid, you know, Alexa in your home, hey Alexa, play this. How many of us would be scared if our listening device is actually turned on in front of the wrong people, right? Betrayal. Betrayal comes in all sorts of different fashions and ways and in unique avenues in our life. Sometimes it's with a coworker. Coworker takes the credit for your great idea. Maybe you're raising kids. And you raised your kids to be the biggest Joe Burrow Cincinnati fans out there. And yet, they want to be a Patrick Mahomes. God be with us. Betrayal. Betrayal. Betrayal comes all sorts of days. Maybe, maybe it's a honey to-do list. You're supposed to do some things and, and, and you just don't do it. And you're just, you know, struggling and the spouse gets frustrated or maybe that relationship gets a little more serious where there's infidelity that happened. Maybe there was uh, impure images that were, that were taking place and betrayal, it hits and, and, and we feel broken and we feel hurting. Or maybe you're betrayed by people that you love and are close with because you started encountering a, a real vibrant relationship with Jesus. And so when you're in this real vibrant relationship with Jesus and, and it's new and it's, and it's going well for you and you're feeling full of life and peace and all this is going right, but it seems like your family, those closest to you are like, why Jesus? And you feel betrayed, how could you? What's going on? So today we're gonna look at this man's story by the name of Joseph. Now many of us have heard about him, many of us haven't. Joseph's this man we find in the very first book of the Bible in Genesis. He was a phenomenal individual. Many people liken him to, to Jesus because of what he endured in life and how he was restored and redeemed in life. But Joseph wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, and Joseph had some flaws. But Joseph was a man that navigated life in a very righteous way that drew in and he leaned into God. So let me give you a little background about who Joseph is. Joseph is this son, the favorite son of Jacob and Rachel, and he doesn't know it. In fact, Jacob works so hard, he works about 14 years to marry this lady by the name of Rachel. And so their first son they have is this man by the name of Joseph. So he's like the favorite son. He has the, the coat of many colors, but Joseph didn't have the best EQ. And if you don't know what EQ means, it's emotional quotient, meaning he couldn't really read the room very well. I mean, he would walk into the brothers, and he had 11 of them, and he'd be like, hey, look at this coat mom and dad got me. It looks pretty good, huh? And the brothers would be like, dude, we didn't get nothing like that. And they'd be like, and Joseph would be like, hey, guys, let me tell you this dream. And we see in Genesis 37, there's a couple dreams that Joseph, Joseph shares with his brothers, his close friends, the people who he thought were for him his family, the closest relationships that he has. And he goes in, he goes, hey guys, I got a couple dreams that happen. Like there's gonna be this big old bundle of weed and then there's like these other bundles and the, the, the rest of the bundles, they bow down to this big bundle of weed and, and you know, and he's like, and they're like, dude, this dreamer, he's talking about himself and we're the other bundles that are gonna bow down to him. And then he goes on, and, and he's not reading the room. They're like, dude, why are you telling us this? We're getting mad. Not only are you mom and dad's favorite, not only are you getting all the things, 
not only do you have it all seem what to put together, and then Joseph's like, okay, let me tell you one dream, let me tell you another. There's stars and the sky and those stars. This is what's going to happen. And yeah, there's this one. And, and they're like, this guy is literally talking about himself. He's not reading the room. And, the, and then the brothers are like, dude, you better shut up or we're going to knock you out. Like, that's just what, if you're familiar with the story, you know, like, I'm going lightly right here. But now we're going to pick up where we can see what really happens in their lives. Joseph 37, verse 18, after Joseph gets talking a little bit, this is what happens. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes the dreamer. I, like, in my mind, that's how it goes. Here comes the dreamer, you know. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then he will say that, then we can say that fierce animal has devoured him. And we will see, and we will see what will become of his dreams. They're like, keep dreaming, boy, you're about to die. So they throw Joseph Fast forward, they throw them into a cistern, and they're all around this like place that kept water, this big hole in the ground. Joseph's in the pit, and the brothers are hanging out. They're like, all right, they're passing the dagger around, saying, who's going to kill him? You know, like when the going gets tough, it's like, who actually is going to jump down there, stab their brother? Like an intense scene, and I can just see the price been half a day passing the knife. I'm not doing it. You do it. Nope, nope, you. And it's like going all the way around the circle. It's crazy. Then Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and, not let, and let not our hand be upon him. For he is our brother, our own flesh, and his brothers listened to him. They came to that resolve, like, I don't want to kill him. We'll sell him. We'll make some money. Joseph was betrayed by his very own flesh and blood. It was about 17 years that Joseph will spend from ca in captivity, from slavery and in prison. Severe pain, heartache. Innocence rocked. Innocence brought wide open. And Joseph navigates it pretty well. It's, it, it's tough. Can you imagine? It's like survivor blindside times 10. It's like biting into the beyond burger meat. Ultimate betrayal is taking place. You know, this is what, this is what happens. But, but I would sit up here and I'd lie to you to say, hey, if you choose an innocent life or leading a, a good harmless, righteous life to, to put your head in the sand and saying that you're not going to be betrayed by somebody or have to be able to navigate betrayal, I would stand up here before you today and say, I'm not telling you the full truth because no matter how innocent, no matter righteous you might live, you're going to have to learn to navigate times, navigate broken trust, navigate issues when you have somebody so it doesn't harm your relationship with God vertically so you can move past what might hurt you horizontally. I think, and I look back at a guy like William Tyndall, he is a, a, a great in the history. He's the reason you and I can read the Bible today. He is the father known as the English uh, of the English Bible. 
Well, William Tyndale, he didn't always have it. In fact, I have this image you can check out here on the screen. He's this man, his death, he's on a stake. He gets strangled to death. And then his body is burned. You're like, how could a guy who's translating the Bible for many people to read yet die? I love this quote, I will cause a boy who drives a plow to know more of scriptures than the Pope. And yet look how his life ended up. The story goes on that Joseph, or William Tyndale, he left England and he moved to Europe and he was working throughout Germany and he was trying to figure out how to print the Bible. And, and, and one time his, his place gets raided and then he goes to another place and he sets up shop and, and he befriends another Englishman living in, a, a, in the same country and little to find out his close friend goes and tells his enemies what was taking place betrayed by a friend there's a lot of times we see betrayal throughout scripture we see eve was betrayed by the serpent we see saul betrayed david we see david he betrayed uriah we see david was betrayed by his son absalom we see time and time again jesus was betrayed by judas jesus was betrayed by the crowd he came to save peter betrayed jesus we see it all throughout Scripture. And the question that we, when we see this is what are we going to allow when our social struggles of betrayal happens in our lives? Are we going to allow betrayal that we impart or that we have, have had implied in and put into our life, are we going to allow that to have a lasting impact in our life? Where I'm betrayed, so I'm never going to have a healthy relationship. I'm betrayed, so I'm never going to trust somebody. I'm betrayed so I can never rely on somebody to help me out. I'm going to wallow and I'm going to sit in this betrayal. Or are we going to be people that know how we can healthily respond to betrayal? Maybe some of the betrayal you faced is you've shared some very close, intimate words and, and secrets with somebody and they betrayed confidence. Maybe that betrayal that you've gone through in life, you just seem, it's, I, I can't ever get past it because, and, and what will happen is it will put a lid on your relationship with what God can do in your life. So we need to ask ourselves, how are we going to respond when betrayal strikes? First is this, focus on God-centered self-care. Focus on God-centered self-care. We live in a day and age where self-care is at the forefront, where it's holistic thinking, believing, hey, if we can just have it all kind of put together and, and exclude God. But I'm saying there's only one kind of peace that can come in life when you're going through something as tragic as this kind of betrayal that Joseph went through. That's the peace of God in your life. So let's look. Joseph, he's in slavery now. He'll spend some time there, and, and this is what's happening. So he gets sold off to these Ishmaelites, and here we go. In verse 1 of chapter 39, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down from there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. So first, when betrayal strikes, God-centered self-care looks like this, that you need to draw closer to Jesus. 
in your time of valley moments, in your times of moments of darkness and despair, and when you feel like someone's hurt you and you're struggling socially to build new relationships, new trust, that's a time to draw in, lean in, and draw closer to Jesus. John 16, 33, Jesus intercedes on, the beha- on behalf of God. He is the way we have access to God. Verse 33 says this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So in other words, what Jesus is saying right there, the world means chaos. The world brings chaos. You go by the world standards, culture standards, what's always spewed over the news means chaos. The only person that can give you peace when you're going through some of the hardest and darkest times in your family life, in your friendships, and with people relationally, is Jesus. Because I want to be very clear. You can't put your hope in the person to your right or to the left. Yes, you trust them, but they will let you down. Why? Because no one's perfect. No one has it all together. And every lady in this room Can I get an amen on that when it comes to your spouse, right? Like, no one has it all together. Jesus, peace, world chaos. Draw closer to Jesus. That's what self-centered care starts with. When we see this in Joseph's life, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord spent time with Joseph. Joseph didn't turn his back. Joseph wasn't pushing God away. Joseph wasn't saying, God, I'm done with you. I'm through with you. I don't like your plan. The Lord was with Joseph. Secondly, when it comes to developing your God-centered self-care is grow your competency. Grow your competency. There's always been said there's two ways to learn. One, the right way. Secondly, the wrong way. I'm pretty sure Joseph right here could have just folded up things, could have just kind of shut down in life, but Joseph was looking at things and what he started becoming successful in his valley moments. He started becoming successful when things started being flipped upside down. Develop your skill set when you're going through times of betrayal. Joseph focused on his time and used his talents and he developed them. The hardest situations could be our best learning moments in life. Paul was this man who wrote majority of the New Testament. We're going through this book of Romans on a midweek prayer service. Plug there, shout out, join us for a prayer service. But Paul, he, pro- he, he had this book memorized. And he probably looked at Joseph's life and was like, that's the kind of life that we need to model. In Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and our endurance produces character, and our character produces hope. So Paul is saying like, hey, when, you're, when he's probably reflecting, when he's writing Romans, he says, look at this endurance that Joseph had. You know, we read it through our scriptures and we're like, okay, chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and we kind of go, okay, now Joseph did all right, but 13 years, this dude's in slavery, sold out by his brothers. It's a quick read, but a long life, a long segment of life. 
So Joseph developed an ability to hang in there. Joseph developed his character. When he was getting squeezed, what was coming out? He became reliable. In slavery, he became reliable. That means he was finding what was entrusted to him, and he was doing well with it. That means in his hard time, he didn't want to just give up. He was saying, hey, if I'm given this little bit, if I'm given this little inch, then I'm going to do that little inch well. If I'm given this little task and, and I need to complete this task, I'm going to do it well. Joseph started refining his character, his morals. He was reliable. He was valuable. And then he had hope. Joseph was a man of hope. He said, hey, there, there's the future. The future isn't what is present. The future can be different. The future can be hope with God. A lot of times in our betrayal, we think, all right, man, I've been, tra- I've been betrayed. I'm hurting. I'm, 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 I'm in pain right now. I can't see the hope. Joseph had this unique ability to see the hope. Martin Singleman, he was the, the father of positive psychology. He actually puts this. He says, the basis of optimism does not lie in positive phrases or victorious images, but in the way you think about causes. In our hard situations, in times of betrayal, let's think about who and how we want it to be in the future. I'm betrayed now, it won't mean I'm betrayed in the future, or I can't have better relationships in the future. I feel trapped now, can't mean I can't be free when the time comes. I wasn't smart enough back then, I made some foolish decisions, doesn't mean I can't be smart in the future. How we respond to betrayal matters, and it begins with having God-centered self-care. Because Jesus is the only one that can bring ultimate peace when you're going through something as severe as someone letting you down in the midst of betrayal. Secondly, for us, we respond this way by serving where God has positioned us. Serve where God positions you. It's vital to that. See, what can happen with pain, it, it can, it, it, what happens with betrayal can cause so much pain that it binds us, that it grips us. That we can't get past it. You know, I don't know if you've ever been stuck in the past and you replayed the scene. You know, I love what someone said about being stuck in the past. They said this, I've decided to live in the moment, but that moment keeps reminding me of the time in high school when I thought parachute pants were cool. You know, there's those moments where we just get stuck in the past and we can't get moving forward in the future. Joseph could have been, my brothers betrayed me, my brothers threw me in the pit, my brothers turned their back on me. In my innocence, I've treated them right. I did what was required. I did what was pleasing to my father and my mother, and now look how my life is. Joseph could have been stuck in the past. He could have been stuck with the parachute pants. He could have been stuck thinking about that. But this is what Joseph's, this is how Joseph's life continued to play out. His master saw that the Lord was with him. Again, God-centered self-care. And that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Joseph was serving in captivity. Joseph was serving in bondage. Joseph was serving when the odds were stacked against him. I want to be very clear with something. 
Listen to me. If there's a big item you can capture today is this. Favor of God follows serving. A lot of people want favor before serving. God gives favor when you're obedient. God gives favor when you serve. If you serve your spouse, great relationships. If you serve your neighbor, you get to know them. When you serve your coworker, you buy them coffee and, and you tell them what a good job they've done. You get to form relationships that maybe in turn allow you to speak into their life. But the greatest act of serving that you can do to find favor on this side of eternity is to commit your life to Jesus. When we serve Jesus, favor follows. If there's one thing I can encourage you, serve Jesus. At the end, we'll give you some practical steps how you can start that relationship with Jesus. But just for a moment, I want to celebrate someone by the name of Kayla. She was baptized at our church uh, about two weeks ago, and she given her life to the Lord. And I love it. And you can see this image, and it's awesome. Her family came out. And, and this is what Kayla said. My faith was non-existent for many years. After my grandmother passed in October, God spoke to her and, and told her that her scars, her grandmother's scars, had been erased and that I would see her again someday in heaven. I felt an instant peace and gratitude, and from that moment, I wanted to know Jesus personally. I want others to now know him personally, too. Kayla went public with her faith, or her faith two weeks ago. That's God doing something. That's someone understanding that favor follows serving. Psalms chapter 5 verse 12 says for this, for you bless the righteous. O Lord, you cover him with favor as with a shield. Genesis 39 verse 4, when we go back to Joseph, so Joseph what found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. Favor follows serving. When we see this playing out, serve where God positions you. One of the greatest things that you can do when you're in moments and seasons and, and mishaps when it comes to betrayal is serving where you're present. Because a lot of times what can happen is, hey, I want to be a recluse. I want to take a step back. I had hurting relationships, so I can't engage in those relationships anymore. I can't trust people anymore. I can't commit to people anymore because I've been betrayed. Joseph starts working through his betrayal by serving at every opportunity that God presented to him. Because he's serving, he sees favor. He finds favor. Church, we're called to serve. Church, we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Church, the greatest way you can share Jesus is by serving those around you, those outside of these four walls. And then we come to this understanding of, hey, serve in our position. We then get the opportunity to bless those around you. When it comes to getting past betrayal, bless those around you. Genesis chapter 39, 5 and 6, story continues. Joseph, he's in Potiphar's house. He's serving him so diligently. This is what happens, verse 5. From the time that he made him overseer of his house and over all that the Lord had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. 
The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had and in his house in the field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, Joe, because of Joseph, he had no concern about anything but the food that he ate. Imagine that radical blessing that Joseph brought into someone's life. Such an individual who was betrayed by those closest to him, served in the position God put him, started blessing people all around him, where it says that the Egyptian had no concern about anything other than the food that he would eat. What a blessing Joseph was to that man's life. What kind of blessing can you be to somebody's life? What kind of blessing can you bring into somebody's life? We walk with Jesus so closely that people can rely on us. We walk with Jesus so closely that in our pain, we still show joy. We walk with Jesus so closely that we care with individuals. We walk with Jesus so closely that we are a genuine friend. We walk with Jesus so closely that we serve at our church, that we're involved in groups in our church, that we give to the mission of our church, the ministries of this church. We walk with Jesus so closely that when we see a need, we meet a need. We walk with Jesus so closely that we relieve burdens from others, that when we walk with Jesus so closely and we're saying, God, we need you, God, lead us, that we are the blessing in someone's life. Why are we the blessing in someone's life? Because Jesus has been a blessing in our life. And the question you got to ask yourselves is, who are you blessing today? What kind of blessing are you bringing into someone's life? I believe thoroughly and wholeheartedly that every follower of Jesus, when they show up into the room, should be the biggest blessing in all of those individuals' lives. I think about people who are pretty awesome. My, my wife and I, we, we live out in Babcock Ranch, and we've had a heart to reach our neighborhood where we're out, and we started praying about this with some conflict schedules uh, for us that we needed people to, to, to be a blessing in our community because there's people moving into Babcock that desperately need Jesus. And so I just want to give a shout out, if not in the group, but this is, uh, we, we, this is Justin and Lindsay and, and Mike and Lacey, and they lead our Babcock family group. And it's awesome. They've been carrying it now for about a year, and, and they're doing incredible things. They host people. They, they, they follow up with people. They help people. They're reaching out to people who are far from God in their community, and they're saying, hey, you need Jesus. And they're just a blessing. Like I, I show up from uh, time and time again, and, and they're just like, I mean, they got the spread of food. And I'm like, this is so good. I'm like, you guys are doing so much better than me, like at hosting the Babgod group. Like, thank you for being a blessing. Thank you for stepping into what God's called you to do. There's times when uh, they're, they're being that blessing and then they're helping families get situated and, and helping people through the community. They're stepping up. They, they do such an incredible job of uniting people around the central cause of Jesus. Church, I want to encourage you. You can be a blessing. Maybe it's a group leader. We'll have more information in ways that you can get plugged in where you might feel overwhelmed and say, well, what do I need to do with groups? I don't know how to lead a group or open up my home. 
You might have some questions on how you can bless people, but it's all around us. Maybe it's helping a a widow get a ride. Maybe it's helping some yard work and and navigating some of those things. Maybe it's picking up a meal for a friend. Maybe it's helping someone at work that is struggling with the onboarding process. Maybe it's praying with somebody. Maybe it's inviting someone to church. Some of the greatest blessings you can have and give is to point people to Jesus. Point people to how uh, you, you were able to survive certain seasons. And see, the reason we're able to be a blessing is because ultimately Jesus was a blessing to us. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, we see where Jesus carries the mantle. And he says this, then Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. He's a blessing. The reason we're able to bless is because Jesus blessed us. So I don't know what you have going on in life, but I know there's moments and seasons when people can be pretty difficult in life. Maybe you've navigated some betrayal. Maybe you're in a season of betrayal. Maybe you just need to prep your heart because there might be an impact in your life or crossroads in your life where you experience some of that betrayal. See, Jesus understood. Was, Jesus came down and he, he in, from heaven and, it was, and he was God-man. He understood the emotion and the hurt and the pain of betrayal. And yet that crowd that still put him on the cross, he says, hey, I see you, I recognize you, and I'm going to still atone for you. I'm still going to love you. So maybe you're in here and you're going through some hard things and you're in this season. I just want to encourage you, respond properly to betrayal. God-centered self-focus. Respond properly. Serve where God has you. Respond properly to betrayal. Bless those who you can, who are in your sphere. Joseph, and against all conditions, and we'll read his story a little bit, it's still not the pretty ending. And when you see Joseph in his life, and you see Joseph go through what he's gone through, he still was finding favor with God because he still was blessing those. He was still stewarding what God put in front of him. So I want to encourage you that I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what season you're in. But you can help someone in this area of a social struggle. And maybe you're here right now. And you haven't began serving Jesus. Maybe make a decision like Kayla did a couple months ago. Giving her life to the Lord. Because Jesus cares for you. loves for you. Died on the cross for you. God raised him three days later from the grave. Restoring and making right us and God so I want to encourage you whatever you're going through if you need to take that step to serving Jesus we have a handout that you have when you've walked in it's our connect card and you can just fill it out and say hey I want to make a decision to follow Jesus here in just a moment our prayer team will come up forward and and you can pray with them but we also know this is a faith journey before we dismiss today I want to encourage you 
Navigate betrayal in a healthy way. Navigate that adversity in a healthy way. Be inspired the way Joseph has inspired so many people, myself to the Apostle Paul, to you right here today and watching online. And let's continue to trust God for all that he can do and see us through every uh, ups and lows in life. I want to pray for you today. God, we give you this time. We worship you. We say thank you for giving us this opportunity to, to praise you. We've been in this season and we're, we're talking about social struggles, God. There's individuals in this place right now who feel betrayed, who are in a season of betrayal and have gone through some hard things. Lord, can we look at Joseph's story? Can we say, God, give us a heart like Joseph. Give us an attitude like Joseph. Give us a mind like Joseph. God, we pray for that encouragement. Lord, for the valleys that many people have gone through, we pray that you bring them forward. Help us to be people that serve, God. Help us to be people that are positioned to, to do your will. Help us to bless our community, God. We give you today. And Lord, we also pray for those making a decision to start serving you by accepting Jesus into their life, by accepting your son. God, that's the greatest blessing we receive. And that's the greatest blessing that we can be thankful for. God, we give you today and in Jesus, in your great and holy name, we all say, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.